Hello, my name is Cynthia, and welcome to the latest episode of Getting Your Together, a podcast where we discuss what it's like to get it all the way together, or at least attempt to, one day at a time. Hey y'all, today's episode is going to be about anger, particularly anger and sobriety. I know I probably have touched on anger before and on some of my other podcasts, but this one I just want to solely focus on that because I feel that anger is one of those emotions that a lot of people don't fully understand, don't fully like to experience or try to hold it back because they're afraid of the repercussions. We're afraid of the fact that they may not know how to handle their own anger. And if it's coming at them from someone else, they're afraid of being on the receiving end of it and being okay with standing up and supporting yourself as well as the other person. Now, I'm not saying anger in the sense of abuse because abuse is a ball game, but I do feel that anger is something that everyone feels or faces. And if you know how to handle it constructively, it can really be a foundation for a breakthrough, not only how you handle things, but how you, the people close to you, how they handle things or their world as well. So anger, when it comes to sobriety, I feel like there's different waves and different types of anger. And depending on where you are, you may cycle through them. You may not hit different, like certain types of certain kinds of anger. Um, It all depends on you. It's a, it's a, like I always say, it's a very personal thing. And it can be very difficult to navigate when you're in recovery. Anger can strain relationships. It causes you unhappiness if you hold things in. I know I, I am a queen of that. And that's kind of like the breeding ground, you know, for relapsing or just other destructive behavior. I think some of us, if we have issues with anger, being able to process our anger or feeling guilt around our anger, then we probably coped and I think our addictions probably helped helped with that, you know, helped cover that, helped help bury it. So we didn't have to think about it or be so involved in it, you know. And now that that's taken away, you're kind of like left with you and how you view the world, how other people view you. And, you know, that can be, like I said, it's very cool and it's awesome, but it can be overwhelmingly anxiety inducing if you're just having like a shitty day you know you feel me but what i want to talk about is just anger and ways to manage it or navigate it or just things to think through if you're an angry person when you are maybe you don't get angry often but when you do you're kind of left like perplexed or maybe you don't like to acknowledge the fact that you are angry and i think depending on the types of anger that you display you probably have to look at it a different way. I know for me that when I was heavy in my drinking, I always said that I didn't get angry. You know, I said, I probably, I was very proud of that fact. Like I was, I didn't get angry. I like let things roll off me, you know, like water off the duck, you know, I always say that people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it's true. I, that's what I thought. But of course I was angry. I was disappointed. I was frustrated, but you know, instead of, processing that feeling or naming that or even addressing the situation or why it felt a certain way, I would bury it. And, you know, I would go on vendors. I would numb myself. If I had a shitty day at work, I would go home and polish off a bottle of wine or I would start at the office or I would go to a happy hour or something. So my mind would just shut off, you know, 
because I, to be honest, it was because I was afraid of having to deal with a lot of things. I was afraid of having to deal with the fact that I built a career in something I wasn't passionate about. I was afraid of not living up to my potential and feeling like I couldn't live up to my potential because of my age. I was afraid of having to confront the types of relationships I had more romantic than friendship. But I was afraid of that because then I was like, well, why am I attracted to these people? Why are these why are these people attracted to me? Why do I tolerate such behavior? Why am I okay with this? You know, I would have to do a lot of deep diving, soul searching, and that stuff is not that stuff is scary, especially when you don't know how to do it, especially when you don't know you don't have a point of reference. And sometimes I can be too analytical and it gets in my own way. So when I got sober, I think and I came out of that pink cloud of sobriety and I just had to really take stock of who I was or who I who I was at the time. And I had to really come to terms with my anger. And I was angry for a while. You know, I would be angry for like months straight and I would be pissed off in therapy. I would be like, fuck this. I would be talking to my friends. I'll be like, fuck you. You don't really understand where I'm going from. Like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm done. And I felt out of control. I felt so out of control. I didn't feel like myself. I didn't understand why I was having these emotions. I didn't because logically I understood what everybody was trying to do. They were trying to support. They were trying to help me. They were trying to help me guide me through this, you know, because they all knew that I wasn't drinking. But at the same time, I was just so enraged and I couldn't. And I, I'm not going to say that, you know, certain people pushed things in me that made me feel angry, but I didn't know how to acknowledge the fact that I was angry or say like, you know, I, this is anger right now. Like my therapist would say like, you know, this is anger. This is what you're feeling. And you need to just embrace the fact that you're angry. She wasn't giving me carte blanche to go and like light up the city or anything crazy. I'm just saying like, you have a lot of things to be angry about starting from your childhood. And now you're not running from it and you can't numb yourself like you used to. So now it's here. It didn't go away. And I think a lot of us think that if we bury it deep enough, that it will go away. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case. It's always there until you address it. Addressing it is the only way for you to be at peace. So when it comes to anger, it can kind of manifest in all kinds of ways. And depending on your personality type, some of them may show up more for you than others. Maybe you won't touch any of like any of these and it could just be one. You know, I don't think that it's just like a one stop shop. I don't think that everybody handles things in, a, in the same way. You know, just like our sobriety is different as much as people like to say, like, you know, you kind of go through a certain type of steps or rigor when it comes to your um, recovery. I happen to believe that it varies from person to person. That's just my my two cents on it. And since I'm not like a therapist or anything, you know, hey, I don't know how much my two cents is worth, but I'm here to share it. I think the types of anger that I'm going to cover, it's going to be very loose, but if you see yourself in any of these or in certain situations, these pop up, maybe, you know, just assess. All this is always about assessing because I know right now there's a lot of downtime um, for most of us. Assessing yourself, figuring out what you want out of your life is probably, this is probably the prime time because, you know, you can't really dictate or control what's going out in the world, but you can kind of dictate and control somewhat how you show up for your own self in your own life, you know? I know right now I have had a lot of anger when it comes to being being in quarantine. I don't like to be confined. I don't like to feel like my life revolves around work. And it feels like I'm so I'm more exhausted now. 
and I can't do things that I normally would do. I can't go work out at the gym, so I have to do it at home, but I'm tired because I'm also working from home and my office is my workout space in my living room because I have a small apartment in Brooklyn because that's just city life for most of us, you know? So I had a lot of anger. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to be asked about it because I was like, this is just my life. This is what you do. You have to go through it. But that type of thinking, I would say, wasn't serving me. And I was just, I didn't know how to handle it. And it was like an overwhelming sense of anger. And I think that is a particular type of anger too. Like it's just so overwhelming, so overpowering. And I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know what I needed to say. I don't know how to make it like dissipate or level itself out, you know? And I think what helped me was being able to take a step back. I took that day off and I had that mental day where it was just me. Even though I couldn't go anywhere, I was still in my apartment. I had that moment to have that break and I could breathe and I could clean my room a little bit because it's still kind of crazy in there. I could clean my apartment. I could rest and watch whatever I wanted to on TV and I could plan my day. I could plan my podcast. I could plan. And I felt like I felt a semblance of normalcy for me in this new normal that we're experiencing. But I had to finally come to terms with my anger and acknowledge that. And realized that, you know, I needed to really handle what was going on with me because no one else can fix it. Like I had to be the one to take it on. And it's no one's job to take take your anger on. It's really, I believe that it's really, you know, up to you to get, get through it. I think another form of anger that kind of comes up is like self-abusive anger. I think a lot of us are used to like, you know, destructing in some kind of way. And anger, of course, can be one of the things that we use to self-destruct, you know, and that could be feelings around helplessness, feelings around unworthiness, insecurity, shame. You know, I talk a lot about shame and things like that. And and that comes from like negative self-talk, there's self-harm, substance abuse. I mean, eating disorders. I feel like, you know, we all had our share of addictions or to something we probably have all had that self-abusive anger. Just because you're no longer drinking doesn't mean that tendency is no longer there. It may manifest in something else. And I think it's just being able to realize that. And when you're going down that path, I know for me, when I start thinking a lot about food and obsessing about food, about the types of food, what I'm eating, how I'm eating, when I'm eating, I know that is me kind of going right down that path of like, you know, particularly going back to where I was when it comes to my eating disorder with the binging and how I'm going to get rid of it and everything like that. So when I start going down that road, I have to be self-aware enough to say, hey, this isn't healthy. You know, some people could be cigarettes, some people could be weed, it could be whatever that can kind of trigger other things. It's just sort of just being uh, like knowing yourself enough, truly knowing yourself and know what you need in order to stay on the straight and narrow. That is probably key and just being able to navigate around that, get rid of it, anything that's as many things as you can that's triggering. I think you can't really annihilate all your triggers, but you can try to not have to deal with them or have them not play such a pivotal role in your life. Another type of anger I feel is chronic or I feel like it's chronic or what's the best way? I feel like it's resentment. I think anger, anger around when it comes to being resentful. And I think we all are resentful in some or have been resentful in some kind of way. I think when you're first getting sober, resentment comes up like a mug, like a mother, right? Did I say that right? <laughs> but yeah, it comes up and it's probably something that's 
will lead to you, re- lead you to relapse the fastest. But I feel like resentment is something that is like that annoying devil on your shoulder. That's like that person, you know, why do they, why can't I do this? I know right now for me, I would probably feel a lot of resentment if I, cause I'm here in Brooklyn in New York, they can't open up their restaurants, but now there's a lot of restaurants that are doing takeout service and takeout is like food, but takeout's also alcohol. So now people are congregating on the streets because it's nice with their friends maintaining some level of social distancing, in quotes, but having drinks in plastic cups, you know, in front of the bar and just socializing that way. And I haven't really seen a lot of that because I don't really go that far out of my, I don't really go that far. And when I do, it's around like parks and things like that. But I know I probably have a certain level of resentment seeing people being able just to be congregating out and socializing in that way. You know, I miss being able to do that with my friends and I know that now it's like, well, that's some sense of normalcy that they're trying to experience. And like, I feel, and then I would feel like, well, I'm kind of in this hell of having to be inside all day and learning French and doing all this stuff. I'm doing a lot of great things. Gardening, your girl's gardening. I have like 20 plus plants now. Who knew? Who knew? I did. And they're actually living. Again, shocker. But, you know, wouldn't stop the resentment from going away. Because I'm like, man, it would be nice to be able to be out and talk to my friends who I haven't seen in months and drink a little bit. It's like, you know, prime time, weather's nice, a nice cold drink that I, that's not water, that's not tea, that's not coffee, that's not like, you know, a smoothie. Be nice, you know? But that type of anger or resentment is just like, lead, it's going to keep you like spiraling out because you're going to focus on it. And then tip, then you'll start thinking about all the good old days. I remember it was like two years ago. You know, it was nice. I had a good time. I had made friends. I had a laugh, you know, and then forgetting, of course, you're hyping up the drinking days and discounting what the end result was. And that kind of just leads you right down that path of, you know, potential relapse or idolizing a life that, you know, didn't benefit you, but you just miss it because you feel like you're missing out. FOMO. I know I talked about FOMO because I did not have that until I got sober. And then I think another type of anger is one where you feel like vengeful, like you want to get back, you want to hurt somebody. I know for me, sometimes my, I was raised in an environment where that was a big thing. So when someone hurt you, you hurt them back just as fast, just as hard. You may wait, you may do it right away, but that was, it was coming, you know? So that's, type of mentality comes naturally to me. So I have to work hard not to be that way because my initial instinct when you hurt me is to hurt you back. You know, that's not something I'm proud of about myself with and when it comes to myself, but it's just something I acknowledge and something I'm truthful about because that is, you know, how I was raised. Taking the high road is not always easy. You know, you want that. And because you want to make the other person feel just as bad as you do. I had to learn a lot about forgiveness when I got sober so much about it because there's so many people that I felt like have hurt me and I can't really address it with them because, you know, they're either not, you know, alive or they're not in my life and I can't really seek them out or nor would I want to seek them out to have a discussion about it. They may not be, certain people may not be capable of having these types of discussions that I want with them and that's okay. You know, certain people are where they are, you know, and I don't believe in having these long conversations with people that are not really pivotal in your life at the moment, or even if they are, 
if they're not capable of doing it because I feel like you're going to leave the conversation feeling more like crap because they're just not going to be able to go there with you. Whether it's because they can't, whether because they don't want to. You have to just be like, all right, I'm at peace with it. You know, learning to forgive, learning to accept. It's true what they say. As cliche as it always is, like you have to forgive more for yourself than for the other person because they won't know. Like your anger and stuff that you're carrying around probably is not impacting them, nor is it something that's even on their radar. So you have to let it go for you. I, For me, a lot of it was like writing and journaling, talking it out in therapy and learning to just say, you know, play some of that stuff back in my head and say, you know, I did the best I could at the time. They were doing the best they could at the time and realizing that, you know, it's just about two people trying to make it in the world, even if the end result was kind of jacked. And that a lot of things that people do is more of a self-reflection on them than it is of the other person and vice versa for things that I've done to people, you know, that's, you know, a lot of that stuff was how I felt about myself. And then being able to look at things from that perspective made it easier for me to forgive other people because, you know, I would want someone to be able to see that or be able to or think that with some of the stuff I've done that was destructive, you know, even if they don't, I mean, I can't make someone think that, but that's just how I approach things. So when I look back on things that have happened to me, being able to say, okay, that's the best they could do at the time, whether I agree with it or not, it could still be a crappy, shitty thing, but that helped me put it, process it, helped me let go, helped me become free of it. And I think if I didn't and I kept going through those paths and I kept saying, like, why did he do that to me? Why did I allow that? Why was my mom? You know, and, you know, it would just probably keep me stuck in my recovery process, keep me stuck with within how I'm feeling and not focus on growing and learning about myself through recovery. And I think that is it for this episode. Some of the key topics that I talked about regarding recovery is just ways to go about it. Meditating, walking, exercise, journaling, talk therapy, talking to friends, you know, that's always helpful. And then always, you know, try to get it out of your head, however you can get it out of your head. I think that's really helpful when it comes to taking stock of the situation. If this resonated with you in any kind of way, please let me know. I always like to hear if you have any questions or any thoughts about this topic, please share. You know, we're all in this together after all. If you feel like someone would benefit from this, if you could share it with them, I would totally appreciate it. Until next time, my friends, take care. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.